Expounded Universe, Season 18, Episode 5. I blue leaf myself. The book, Star Wars I Jedi by Michael A. Stackpole, the year 1998, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars, and sometimes other stuff, novel discussion podcast, where I am Jeff, and that is John. This is the only place I can truly be Jeff. Yes. Yeah. Nowhere else. Yeah, and you're John all over. Oh, I'm Johnning everywhere. <laughs> that's your. Uh, that's the number of your hit single, right? The, the name of your hit single, John All Over? John All Over. That's John All Over. <laughs> Yeah, I I also host last week tonight with John Oliver. <laughs> yeah, that's his name. <laughs> that's the fella. That's the one. That's the guy I used to watch religiously, and then the world just got too depressing, and I could literally couldn't watch him anymore. I tried, and I was like, uh, I can't, oh no, I can't, the news! I can't watch another thing about the prison industrial complex because I can't fix it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> I'm aware of the problems he is going. That's part of it. Is I, I see those. I see those John Oliver headlines on YouTube, and I'm like, okay, well, I actually do know what is going on with the pharmaceutical industry for the most part, and that is why I cannot bring myself to watch that. <laughs> so, uh, how are you? Oh, I'm sleepy, but that's okay because I'm here. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad to hear you're here or see that you're here. I mean, yeah, you're clearly I'm all visible. Over. <laughs> you're all over. I was going to do the episode anyway. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm omnipresent now. Look, John Oliver is definitely the name of like a cheesy 70s soft rock album. <laughs> Can you spare a feeling? <laughs> the Carpenters, John Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, uh yeah, I'm I'm a little out of it too. I mean, it's a normal day for me. Wednesday is almost always the day I take Sage to the zoo and today was no exception. Mm. Uh, they are two days away from opening the children's zoo, and I could not be more excited because it's all this like hands-on stuff where you pretty much can dump your kid in at one end and just leisurely stroll over to the other side where they eventually emerge, knowing a little bit more about mole rats. Ah, <laughs> uh, your child will eventually emerge slightly hairier. <laughs> well, I mean, she is growing up. That's just part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. So... But yeah, you, the, the, apparently there's a whole bunch of uh, kid interactive stuff that they're about to open that I could not be more excited about. Because today we mostly just went around the reptile house because she is currently snake obsessed. Great. Down to the uh, to the amphibian house because she is perpetually frog obsessed. No. That's never changed. And uh, overall, she keeps asking me for bugs, but all the bugs at the zoo are in that goddamn children's area that they haven't opened yet. Huh. So I, I'm, I can't wait for that. Good. Yep. Plus I, plus, I ate some honey because they had a new honey-themed restaurant. A honey-themed restaurant? Yes. They had a lot of honey for sale. They have A lot of the, the uh, menu items were made with honey. Huh. Yeah. And I just got a little couple of those Manuka honey sticks. <laughs> just got a couple of cups of honey. Downed those. <laughs> Downed them. You and me, Sage, let's get honeyed up. <laughs> no, they had those, like, you know, those sticks that you put in, like, your coffee yeah. or your tea. I just bought a couple of them and tried eating some honey. And it was del- it was delicious. Great. Thanks, bees. <laughs> Thanks, bees. <laughs> I'd like to spend, send a special thanks out to the bees listening tonight. <laughs> and also this, this one, new track, John All Over. <laughs> this one goes out to all the bees. It's John yeah. All Over. <laughs> it's John All Over. <laughs> Look over there. It's John. <laughs> What's black and white and John All Over. <laughs> Uh, now for a 10-minute <laughs> zither solo. <laughs> zither, zither. That's what it sounds like. Yep. That's the noise that zithers make. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> uh, Star Wars, huh? Star Wars, How huh? about that Star Wars? Gosh, that Star Wars, On though. a day when a trailer launched for some Star Wars. Great, did it? Yeah, yeah, the Obi-Wan trailer launched. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh... Looks like it's going to be heavy on those Inquisitors from the video games and the and the uh, Rebel Rebel shows. 
Okay. Uh, where they use the helicopter lightsabers to like <laughs> helicopter around like fucking Inspector Gadget. I don't think they'll translate that aspect of the characters to to live action. Although go go Gadget Jedi. <laughs> but there was a shot of the of the helicopter saber like just spinning menacingly in place. Great. Yeah. <laughs> How threatening is that to Obi Wan though? I mean, a, a spinny saber. He's already beat that. That he beat uh, he beat Grievous. Yeah. Grievous was holding four spinny sabers. Yep. Anyway. So, uh, so yeah, a new trailer dropped today. Uh, started on Tatooine, which for me is a bad sign. I am, I am sick of Tatooine. Well, I tell you this, too bad. <laughs> Star Wars means the friggin' Namibian desert. Deal with it. That's what we're doing. Look, we all saw Star Wars and we're all making Star Wars. And that means everybody puts them on Tatooine. You can't leave Tatooine. There are even other planets in the Star Wars films. Doesn't matter. No one's ever going back to the forest moon. <laughs> Not a one. No, no one ever. I mean, how cool would that be to go back to, like, Cloud City, like, 20 years after Star Wars, find out that it was abandoned and it's floating at, like, a 45-degree tilt, but there's still people living in it? That'd be cool, but instead, how about we just shoot in that fucking desert again? Well, yeah, that don't cost nothing. <laughs> it's like my love. It's true. <laughs> don't cost a thing. <sighs> it's the same as in town. John all over. Star Wars. That's Star Wars. Uh, we... we... <laughs> Chapters 15. Gantoris was dead. Gantoris was dead. Chapters 15, 16, and 17 <laughs> of I, Jedi. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, we, we didn't end the last chapter on the death of Gantoris. We ended it on him resolving to solve the death of Gantoris well, with yes. the help of Teon, uh, the balladeer. But mm -hmm. Gantoris is dead. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, you can start the ep every episode we do from this point forward. Anything starting from at least 6ABY. From now on, Gantoris was dead. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Lobaka <laughs> at the Hall of Jedi. <laughs> well, technically, anything at the Hall of Justice you could also start with, because of course, Star Wars happened a long, long time ago. Yeah. So all contemporary modern stories also feature a dead Gantoris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right there, just off screen, also yep. laughing and talking <laughs> to his friends. Uh, but, yep. so anyway, yeah, he is resolved, has Corin Horn or Kieran Halcyon, uh, to, to solve the murder while still retaining his Jedi training. And the first thing that we learn from this chapter is that Gantoris's death has galvanized the remaining 11 Jedi trainees who all work much more effectively as a team now. Well, yeah. And since they were like, oh, Gantoris probably, you know, got murdered because of his whole dark side turn. Everyone's being a lot nicer. Mm -hmm. They're being a lot more supportive. No one's like, oh, I don't want to turn into the asshole that's like, yeah, I'm going to be the best there ever was. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So we've, we've kind of lost a little competitive edge, and it's been replaced with a couple of weeks of solid Jedi training for everybody. And at the same time, Horn is spending his time uh, with that Bodo boss-powered Holocron trying to learn everything he can about what the hell happened to Gantoris, what's the history of, of uh, people being burned from the inside out by dark magic. And what he, do he doesn't learn what happened directly, but he does learn some of the history of Yavin 4, yeah. which honestly... The fact that Luke didn't already know that it didn't factor it into his lessons and so on is maddening to me because the story of why there's temples on Yavin 4 is because one of the te most terrifying and powerful dark Sith Lords ever lived here 4,000 years ago and ensla mind enslaved the entire population of the planet and forced them to build all these temples they're living in as force focusing mechanisms. Yep. And then one day, he mysteriously disappeared. Well, he got murdered. He got murdered, but mysteriously. He got got. I think, yeah. He got, didn't he get taken out by Nomi Sunstrider? Uh, well, I mean, there's an entire thing where it's like, basically, they just went, all right, so it's the Sith Wars, and you're one of the big ones, so we're going to send a whole bunch of people to murder you. Yeah. But still, I mean, like, you'd think that, oh, what 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 is this temple we're living in? Oh, it was built by one of the evilest Sith in, in the last 4,000 years. Yeah, well. and uh, what what did he build it for? Oh, to focus his dark force magic. I should we live here? I mean, I'm just asking. I mean, now now you would be like, all right. Well, I didn't know that before. I picked it because it's just sort of a nostalgic thing for me. Luke had the holocron this whole time. He never was like, hey, holocron. Do you have the history of this room we're in? Or just why would he? Why would you have a holocron of Jedi history? You are. The first Jedi Master since a giant purge, and 
Instead of going, hey, I'd like to learn more about Jedi and teaching and my own powers, you'd, instead you'd be like, hey, what's this room like? I mean, by this room, I do mean this obvious Jedi temple abandoned it's not obviously on a Jedi dead world. Anything. <laughs> It is just a temple. No, one of the things we've known for a long time, and the reason that Luke picked this place in the first place, isn't just because of the Yavin 4 uh, D- Death Star incident, but because he could tell instinctively that this place has Jedi resonance. Mm. Like that's That's been a part of the story. That was part of the whole uh, Kevin J. Anderson take on why he set the story here and all that. But he's had the holocron, and he never was like, hey, I kind of noticed this place is like super Jedi-ish. Anything in your records about, oh, let's just say Yavin 4. How about just Yavin 4? Ah, let's just start from there. But he didn't do that. No. Why would he do that? No, I wouldn't. (laughs) I'm sure instead he was like, "Uh, who's uh, who was the Jedi in your record with the biggest boobies? (laughs) Show me. Show me. Uh, Enhance. (laughs) No, I don't mean zoom in. I mean, like, enhance them. (laughs) Make them make them better. Nicer. Nicer. Nice. (laughs) So anyway, uh. He he learns that Exar Khan uh, existed here a long time ago, and obviously that jumps this guy right up, potentially to the top of the suspect list. Except e- even in his own mental evaluation, he's like, "Well, I I've heard that Obi Wan came back from the dead to talk to Luke a little bit for like a decade, and then he fucked l- off, for literally good. gave up the ghost." <laughs> and he's like, "You know, a Sith, especially a super powerful one." Would probably, I don't know, hang on for longer, but like 4,000 years is a while, my man. <laughs> What's he been doing? <laughs> I feel like you'd, you'd get real bored in 4,000 years. Yeah, I mean, even if you're like, ooh, the first couple hundreds, I just sustained myself on anger. And then after that, you're like, I don't know, I guess I'll play solitaire a bunch. <laughs> he spent the next 3,800 years arguing whether or not Souls games are too easy or too hard. Just in in one forum, just like pause buttons are for losers for for thousands of years, thousands of years. <laughs> Ultimately, the flame war was settled, but at what cost? <laughs> the cost of Gantoris, who's dead, by the way. Uh, yeah, by burning flame war. It all it all ties together. It, it all comes, comes back. Yeah, it's fine. It all makes sense. Now, uh, one of the things that Corin was going to do is he's like, all right. Uh, because I need to find out more about what the fuck is going on on this planet as well, mm-hmm. uh, I've essentially just lied to everyone and been like, you know, one of the things that Jedi need to be is observant. So why don't we go out on teams and take notes and observe the planet and come back to me and tell me if you find anything weird or a murderer? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I, the owner of this holocron, will continue to not ask it any interesting questions. I, why would I bother with that? No. I, I, I mean, I have its. I, I have all my presets on it now. This thing's like Pornhub for me. <laughs> <laughs> I show up and it immediately is like, yep, yeah, here you go. Uh, every time Horn tries to use it, he has to be like, uh, no, close all these windows of Yaddle. I'm good. I- <laughs> oh, I don't want big unnaturals. <laughs> Big and numerous. That doesn't sound. Oh, you're Del Gargans. <laughs> He's got this thing set to quivering heaps. I never saw Luke for that type. Uh, so, yeah, he starts sending people out in groups, which is also a fun way to, you know, wheedle out if someone among you is a murderer to be like, all right, we're going to go out in pairs and see who comes back. <laughs> I don't know. Jungle got him. Weird, right? Mm. Jungle just rose up and burned him from the inside out. What'd he die of? Lightsaber poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know why he ate my lightsaber, but... But uh, Horn, of course, is too much of a loner, badass, lone wolf cop to do that by himself. So he's like, or do anything but by himself. So he's like, well, I'm going to go investigate the Blue Leaf Temple. The one that even the Soliston Surveyor Drun, uh, you know, drun, un. <laughs> you know, the famous Soliston uh, cartographer Master P. Uh. <laughs> yeah, his name is Drun Un, uh. un like U N H H or something like that. So yeah, Drun. Uh. 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 I don't want to go to Pizza Hut. Uh. Drun. Uh. <laughs> I refuse to absorb the wisdom of my elders. <laughs> I don't want to live in a cave. Uh. 
But he's like, oh, I'm going to go do it by my fucking self because I'm Corin Horn and I or Kieran Halcyon and I do things solo style. But he doesn't get the chance. Instead, as he's gearing up to head out, uh, Cam Soliusar stops by and he's like, hey, man, what you doing? Hey, my dude, what's going on? I want to go with you wherever you're going. Because I can tell you're going somewhere interesting because you've got a lightsaber on. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I was just going to check out Temple, see what's going on. He's like, you're not just checking out shit if you clipped a lightsaber on. <laughs> I mean, I kind of expected Horn to come up with a very reasonable excuse to that, which is, you know, these things also can like cut through stone and shit, right? Like, if I get all the way out there and the door's closed and it weighs 6,000 pounds, then... And we all know, as it has been mentioned again at the beginning of this yeah. chapter, I suck at telekinesis. He can't, not only do we learn in this in this chapter, not only do we learn that he can't do telekinesis, but neither could the actual Kier and Halcyon. Or his further ancestor, Neja Halcyon. Yeah, it's it just a Halcyon run in- trait is yeah. that they suck at doing telekinesis, and so they mostly get themselves killed because They reasons? volunteered to stay behind. That was the whole thing. It was like the, the way he was writing it was was um, the Halcyon family have a history of dying. Because they can't get away easily? Well, no, because they always volunteer to fight rearguard actions because they're pugnacious even though they're not the best Jedi. So it's always like, uh, you guys go on. I'll stay here and fight them off. And then that's the end of like everyone whose last <sighs> name is Halcyon. Yeah. So he's like, well, that doesn't bode well for me. <laughs> well, I'm a horn, though. So, well. <laughs> but yeah, Brackus and Cam are uh, both like, yo, my dude, let's go check out some shit. Yeah. And you can tell Brackus wants to go because he's heard some things about that temple. We know, we know that Brackus is a Brackus is a he's a spy. Brackus is a he's a bad he's, he's a, a badsman. We put it in a bonus content episode, but but in the in the core story, just so we can talk about it openly, Brackus is an imperial spy. Yes, um, and so so he's just like, oh, I want to go with you if you're learning secret Sith information, secret Sith information. Mm, yeah, and so they we get a whole montage of the three of them making their way out to Blue Leaf Temple, and, making their way downtown, mm-hmm, walking, walking fast. fast. <sighs> Face is past. Yeah, I know. I know. They're temple bound. <laughs> uh, now more songs by people who have dated John Mayer. Go- John, go. Oh, it's John all over. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> uh, anyway, where was I going to get to? God, that would be a great John Mayer album. John all over. Come Ooh, on now. Yeah. Hey, John Mayer, call us. <laughs> John Mayer, call me. <laughs> uh, this idea is a wonderland. <laughs> What was I going to say? Uh, the montage is mostly that Brackus is kind of slim and slight and doesn't want to get... He's very tall, yeah. but he, but he doesn't... He's not very physical. He doesn't want to get, like, wet. He's all like, eh, I don't want to cross that river in my shoes. Yeah, they they come to a point where there's, you know, a fording point in the river. Mm-hmm. And he's and- like, I want to cock the wagon. Fucking <laughs> Corn uh, is like, oh, on my runs, I would normally run through here anyway, Cause it's just a little bitty baby part of the stream. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, well, my feet to get wet, and my socks are gonna get squishy. I don't like it." <laughs> They're like, "Like, you want us to cut down a tree and make step stones for you out of it?" And he's like, "No, gaw." Uh, uh. And, and you know, this keeps summoning that Sullivan Surveyor guy. Probably, <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, yeah. What do you need? <laughs> yes, yes. I was around here. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> fire bad yeah that's what he sounds like but eventually they make their way to blue leaf temple and sure enough it's got an imposing feel to it uh but as they make their way inside they immediately notice that it's got a huge staircase descending downward a number of tiny alcoves around the walls and there's dust all over fucking everything so their first conversation is like i don't think gantoris got whatever he got in here unless he floated the whole way which he might have done They're like oh, i don't think he was that powerful he he very diff- definitely wasn't like, I'm just going to fly around this fucking room. <laughs> I mean, I feel like what would be less powerful but still very clever would be to just walk through and then use the force to resettle the dust. <laughs> but, you know, they don't they don't bring that concept. Probably because that's crazy. You can't do that. That'd be weird. <laughs> Who would think of that? But they do bring up, they're like, all right, so dur- uh, uh, when he went through and did his survey of the planet before the rebels got there he mm-hmm. was like yo this place fucked up and uh yeah, it's got- all kinds of evil there's a big evil crystal 
It feels slimy and oily. I like that he just had some New Republic surveyor form and he just checked the box that said, is this place evil? <laughs> yes. <Check. laughs> and so they had actually, like, put stones and a whole bunch of shit to, like, close off this temple. Yeah, you know, but the market is not a place of honor. Yeah, yeah, but of course the Imperials showed up and were like, ooh, I bet some great deed is memorialized ooh, I here. I bet there's esteemed dead buried here. <laughs> so they blew through the rocks and uh, were like, oh, I guess it's just an empty temple. That's evil. All right, well, fine. <laughs> oh, man, the things that were stored here were abhorrent to them. Oh, <laughs> there's only death here. It was dangerous in their time and in ours. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> So uh, they explore the temple, and sure enough, they find a, a series of crystal spire things, including one made of some kind of blue gem that doesn't look magical. It's not glowing or anything, but it radiates evil very noticeably, and Drun Urn's notes said that it was it was oily and felt wrong. Yeah, and Braxis is like, ooh, I want to touch and see if it's oily. And I want to feel the big oily phallus shaft. And everyone else is like, uh... You know that, that that's like a big evil magic crystal? You probably don't want to touch that. And he's like, ah, eh, you big babies. Hey, anything's a big evil magic crystal to try hard and believe in yourself. <laughs> that's not how that works. <laughs> oh, it sure is. That's how we made that one planet, that 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 planet of twilight. <laughs> we tried hard, believed in ourselves, and turned it into evil crystal. <laughs> uh, so... So yeah, Brackus wants to touch, but they're like, "No, dude, don't touch that." And uh, at it's this point, up. they're starting to they're starting to like really sense that this place is fucked up and wrong. And that's when they get visions. Yeah, if you stare into the crystal, uh, air long, it stares back into you. Mm -hmm. And so, because it's from Corin's uh, point of view, mm -hmm. he's like, "Oh, I saw a whole bunch of you know people that I." you know, do know and don't know, some dead, some living, some mm -hmm. look like they were in pain or dying, and then, you know, right at the end, he's like, oh, shit, and there's Gantoris's face. Yeah, Gantoris pops up at the end like a, Hollywood, ho a Halloween boogeyman spook scare. Yeah, like, like, boogity like boogity. one of those things where they're like, here's a picture, can you find the hidden image? And you get real close to it, and you're trying to find stuff, and then, you know, a ring face pops up, and it's like, ah! Yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, you jump back really far than the actual videos of other people watching it. Yeah. Yes, that's what happened, but it was Gantoris. And apparently the same thing happened to Cam, because Cam's like, whoa, I just saw some shit. And, yeah, because uh, he's like, I saw Gantoris, and Cam's like, I didn't see Gantoris, but I saw some fucking nonsense. I saw some weird shit. And then uh, Brackus is just like, I didn't see anything. That was probably a trick of the light. I didn't see it. Th I'm not keeping hidden information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it all looks non-suspicious to me, fellas. And then, of course, they're like, oh, hey, did you notice that uh, the way the light is coming in has changed? And we've been staring at this crystal for like 20 minutes. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and turn to you now, Brackus, who said it was probably a trick of the light and there was nothing there. So have you just been staring at us for the past 20 minutes or <laughs> what's your deal, my man? Oh, no, we're not having that conversation. OK, <laughs> no, why don't they just have that? It's the same thing with Luke and the fucking holocron. Have the conversations, my friends, my friends, my friends. But this is the point where where uh, where Corin is like, I don't want to be in here. I, I I don't want to admit that the three of us just retreated from a room that has no one in it. <laughs> three grown ass <laughs> Jedi men yeah. are like, ah, let's get out of here. This place is creepy. <laughs> uh, let's get. I'm scared, Scoob. And so, but luckily, Cam is just like, yeah, I don't want to be in here. This is fucking ridiculous. This place is awful. Yeah, this place sucks. And very clearly, there's nothing in here. It's not like he got his materials or anything to build a lightsaber here mm -hmm. no one has come in here you know obviously nothing has been disturbed so they're like all right we're not gonna find any clues to what happened while we're in here so let's just fuck off and as they're fucking along they're having a brief conversation about the power of these temples and what the point of them all was and so on and Brackus is like hey guys you ever consider just being dark side like really getting into it and I'm like, weren't you already dark side? Aren't you in recovery or whatever? What, don't they have a, are, you're not working your program, buddy. Yeah. He's just <laughs> like, dude, that crystal fucking rad. Imagine having the power to do that. I like that his first thought was just, I would like hundred megabytes. <laughs> I like that his first thought was just like, I would like to make a crystal like that. I would love to be able to do this kind of architecture and shit. He's just sort of musing to himself and everyone else is like, why? 
Plus, we know this this temple was crafted by mind-controlled slave labor. Well, imagine the amount of power that you would have if you could make this t- type of temple, you, you know? You could reach right up into the sky and pull the heart out of the Death Star. That I mean, even if that was using dark side magic, it would still be a good guy thing to kill the Death Star. Oh, yeah, they start getting into the philosophy of, like, oh, is it ever, you know, good for the means and ends justification thing, mm-hmm. and... Horn comes down very firmly on literally no. grabs him by the neck, which is the weirdest description. Like they're having a regular ass philosophy conversation, and at one point Horn's like, "Nope," and grabs Brackus by the back of the neck. Well, there's a, there's a point here where Brackus is like dangerously close to just turning around and going, "Guys, you want to go into the forest and try some dark side with me?" <laughs> Guys, I know I quit the dark side, but it's my birthday, and my girlfriend dumped me. I'm going to have some dark side. I'm going to have some dark side. Just I, this one time. But, you know, you guys should come with me. I'm not even saying you got to try it. I just want my trusted friends there. Yeah, I, I, you know I'm good for it? Come on. No. I can quit again. And fucking <laughs> Horn just grabs him and is like, my dude, do not go down that path. Yeah. Stop that shit. I just, that really arrested me for a moment because I was like, you know, I've had some weird conversations with people who were thinking about doing bad things in my life. I don't think I've ever grabbed a single person I've been talking to by the back of the neck. I don't, ever. I don't think I've ever been like, and yeah, stop. Just, it, it, would, it wouldn't occur to me. <laughs> I mean, I do kind of wonder if it isn't more like, you know, sort of hand. I assume so. so Not like I'm going to backwards choke you or something. Like, I mean, even if it was just, I mean, who touches anyone else's neck? Cornhorn does. That's just creepy, my dude. That's some cop shit. (laughs) Cop shit. Cop move. (laughs) Hey, that's not what a Halcyon would do. You're acting like a horn. You're acting like some kind of cop guy. (laughs) Just keep your hands off people's fucking necks. It's not cool. But anyway, yeah, he's like, uh, but the thing is, while uh, Brackus has been musing this whole time, he has grabbed a big stick and he's just sort of idly whipping it around like a lightsaber. You know, like you do when you're wandering around Uh, in the wilderness. Everyone in the wilderness knows the value of grabbing an appropriately sized stick. That's just the right thing to do in the wilderness. The correct thing is to find a stick that's a good swinging around stick. It's the perfect Brackus in this has endeared himself to me in more ways. Everyone, Everyone listening knows exactly what we're talking about. If you find a good stick in the wilderness, you're like, yeah. Yes, this is my arm extender stick that I will keep forever. This is my stick. This is my stick until this hike is done, yeah. and then it shall return. Yeah, I'll just throw it gleefully into the woods and thank it for its service. Good yeah. job, stick. You let me reach things I couldn't and whack leaves off things. <laughs> you let me poke stuff and whack things. Thank you, stick. <laughs> you have served well, and now to the forest I return you. <laughs> but it turns out that grabbing Brackus by the back of the neck and being like, that's dark side thoughts, buddy, is a great way to get him to swing a stick at you. <laughs> Yeah, because he but just... I, again, I'm on his side. Don't fucking touch my neck. I'm going to hit you with a stick. Yeah, man. I mean, if I'm wandering around and someone just, like, grabs my neck, he spins and is just like, what the shit? And, yeah. you know, wildly swings the stick sort of towards where uh, Corrin would be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Horn's pretty good at the whole getting out of the way of shit in addition to his Jedi training and his cop training. Yeah, but he senses that this is about to happen, so he just sort of backsteps and gets away from it. And immediately after missing, Brackus is like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. God damn. Oh, man, I'm sorry, dude. Oh, oh, no. And he's like, yo, no harm, no foul. Yeah, no blood, no report. Creep, man. That's creepy. That's That's cop shit. That's cop shit. Don't say that. (laughs) Too much cop shit. Not enough Jedi shit. You can't be both. Ugh. Ah, uh, no, that's not true. I you know. can definitely be all co- both. All Jedi are... are basically cops. Oh, yeah. You're basically told to be a cop as a Jedi. Yeah, but yeah, no no blood, no report, uh, he says creepily. A- and uh, with so many intonations, I don't think Stackpole considered. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, Cam is like, no, dude, I went into the dark side like for realsies, though. Mm-hmm. Don't don't you, you can't start this justification game because what will happen is you'll get in there and you'll realize if you had a little more power, you could also do this. And, you know, isn't that worth it? And there will always be a justification for why you need more and why what you're doing isn't like what anyone else is doing until you get to the point where people are no longer like a threat. There's something to be squashed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he tries to deescalate not by grabbing into him by the neck. 
but by putting his arms around Cor or, or uh, Brackus's shoulders, but heavily. He's just like, "Eh, I'm just going to squeeze the shit out of you, and so you don't swing your dumb arms around. We're going to hug the dark side out of you. Yeah, I'm going to do one of those things that's like, hey, I'm being compassionate, but I'm very subtly letting you know that if you try this, I will whip your ass. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and with that, the three of them make their return back to the temple. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And that's the first chapter. Yay! We find out Exarcoon had temples here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do we like Exarcoon or Exarcun better? It's Exarcoon. We like Exarcoon. I mean, that's the way they say it in Swator. Well, that's true. They, it, it's right. It does get mentioned in Swator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have heard it out loud at least. Where his full name, I believe, is Exarcoon Jedawananidi Bobo. <laughs> no. That's just for the Swator fan. Not that's, that's, right. for... that's not Swator. That's that's Kotor. That's for the Kotor fans. No, nah, man, that's for the Swator fans. <laughs> they, they keep that in, in Swator? Yes. I didn't remember that. I might have played that game on a lot of mute. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So, you may have. <laughs> I Whereas would... I just kept, anytime someone was speaking some huddies, there were like five lines they would use, and I'm just like, God damn it, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> no, Jedi doesn't need a wanty bobo. <laughs> okay. Want a needy bobo, though. Do you want any needy bobos? <laughs> oh, I could use a few needy bobos. Yeah. All right, so... The next chapter concerns everybody at the temple meeting a landing ship. Yep. Ship coming in for a landing. We get a brief uh, thing where we are reminded that Cornhorn uh, can absorb heat in order to use telekinesis. So as the ship is landing and it's blasting hot air all over the place, he just absorbs the heat and makes a little force field in front of his face so that he doesn't have grit in front of him yeah that feels like an idle use of something that luke specifically told him is dark side shit <laughs> hey using power is dark side that was sort of an annoying moment where he he absorbed the heat and used it to jump out and luke was like that's some dark side shit and he was like no that's some vader shit you don't know that that wasn't a thing he knew before he went all dark sidey <laughs> look i absorbed energy and used it to save someone's life what about that feels dark side? To also, you? the energy was going to murder me. I mean, it was murderous energy. I mean, granted, it was natural, but still. <laughs> I redirected energy into a useful thing. That's just Luke's uh, biases on his sleeve, where Luke's like, if Vader could do it, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and I've, I've already worked really hard to redefine the telekinesis Vader was doing as something else, so I can keep doing that. Ah. <laughs> But who's on the ship? Why, it's more continuing storylines from the Jedi Academy series. Wedge Antilles, here serving as the bodyguard and escort for one scientist known as Queezux. Oh, Queezux. Haven't seen her in a while. Nope. And of course, showing up, new recruit, it's Kip Duran. Mm -hmm. Kip Duran's here too, which means that we have now proceeded to the end of the book that we read. Yeah. Because at the end of that book, uh, Kip finally escaped from the Maw installation, with Quizux and and Han and Chewie, I, I believe, only to run into Luke and Lando coming the other way. And then some crazy shit probably happened that we never saw. And then skip a few frames, and here's Kip at the Jedi Academy. Yeah, we do find uh, that we have some information that we get because Korn's been on this planet without any access to, like, the news or anything, and he'll occasionally get some snippets from Luke. Mm -hmm. But, uh... This is after Kip put the Sun Crusher into the sun. Uh, in the Yavin 4. Yeah. This is, uh, it, it gets put into a variety of places to keep it on ice. Like, if you're just joining us, like, you haven't listened to the show before this season, uh, the Sun Crusher is a full-on invincible fighter jet-sized spaceship that can fly through other ships and carries missiles that, if shot into suns, causes those suns to go supernova. Yep. And Kip Duran stole it. And uh, was convinced at this point, because he hasn't gone all evil yet, to just park it in the old... Because it's full-on indestructible. Like, literally cannot be destroyed. So they hide it by just flying it into a gas giant and leaving it in there. Yeah, so it's in Yavin. Yes, it's in the moon of Yavin. Uh, no, it's not in the moon of Yavin. It's in the sun. It's in the planet Yavin. <laughs> I thought it was in the sun around no, here. It, it is presently, but it's in the gas giant. It's in the gas giant. Okay. It will eventually also go into a sun. Great. And I think they finally get rid of it by tossing it into one of the black holes in the Maw installation. Yeah. Um, but I don't know for sure about that part. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so Kip Duran's here because this is the best Jedi student anyone's been able to find in a while. Good job, Han. Good job. You did it. 
But uh, also, if you're just joining us, Quizux is a scientist who helped design the Death Stars. She is a weird blue lady with feathers for hair. And her whole gimmick is that she has been perpetually convinced that she was designing useful mining equipment. So all of the insane shit that the, the Empire used from the Death Stars to the Sun Crusher to the uh, the things that ate the surface of, of uh, Mon Cal and turned it into machines. Yep. The World Devastators, I believe they were yes. called. Uh, are, she was all, every time she built one, she was like, ah, it's just got a cool name. You know, like how sometimes a team is called like the Red Sharks or something. They're not evil. They're just, they have a cool team name. Yeah. I do. I appreciate that Cornhorn was like, that's bullshit. That's horseshit. <laughs> you saw a thing that said the Death Star and had a laser that could blow up a planet and you you didn't just go, oh, I'm sure it's just for mining. Fuck you. <laughs> the thing is, at this point, this chapter is mostly just him catching up and asking Wedge for information about what's going on off planet. So Wedge is like, yeah, we haven't. I haven't heard from Han. I haven't heard from Booster. I haven't heard from any of the smuggler contacts I reached out to. No one knows where Mirax Tarek is. I'm really sorry. Yeah. We've tried. We can't find her. Uh, but because Cornhorn is a natural born stick in his nose and shit man, he's like, so what's up with this uh, blue scientist lady? And, and, you know, Wedge explains the whole story about how she was in the Maw installation. She helped Bevel Emilis design the Death Stars. And Horn's like, okay, the story about how she's like an innocent knife is bullshit. Uh, how did, how come she didn't just build those things with a life sign detector and that made it so they couldn't shoot if there was life where they were shooting at? Yeah. That would have been real easy. That's technology that already exists. Yeah. We have life detectors. We could go out and scan a planet and be like, oh, yeah, there's a shitload of life forms down there. Maybe That's a thing we have. Maybe don't shoot it with the galaxy's biggest laser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that all the shit that we were saying when we were reading that thing is like, yeah, no, fuck you. You don't make a giant murder laser called the murder laser and then be surprised when someone uses your laser for murder. <laughs> and then... Wedge spends the whole conversation being like, "Ah, oh, come on. She does. You, you got to hang out with her for a while. You'll get the, you'll get how innocent she is if we just spend some time with her." And she's like, she literally had no idea, and she felt terrible when she found out. And this is enough for Horn to go, "Oh, oh, you're just looking for some blue strange." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Oh, I get it. You you want me to forgive her, and she's real nice if you spend some time around her, and you're uh -huh. her bodyguard." And, uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so you got a crush on her, and Wedge is like, "Whoa, no, hold, hold, hey. hold the phone! I don't, no way, man! I'm I'm, I'm clean. It's fine, buddy." Corn's <laughs> like, "Yeah, dude, don't try and lie to me. I've That's been in that shit. exact situation. I love the way he starts it, where he's like, remember that time I had to be your sister's bodyguard for three days?'" <laughs> and Wedge is just like, "If you tell me that you fell in love with my sister, I do not want to hear this story." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, there was like a rich lady that we were defending together, and I fell in love with her. Yeah, he, he like fell in love with like a Gotham City socialite, apparently <laughs> named like Ayella, who no, uh, Ayella is his partner. Oh, that's right, Ayella's partner, some other lady then. Yeah, and who was rich and big, de a big deal in Corellia. But they both had similar opinions on art and mm -hmm. had to get holed up in the same place for like three days and. Ooh, they basically just boned down for three days straight while his partner solved the crime. <laughs> yes. And then and then afterwards, they were like, should we keep the relationship going? And he was like, no, I'm a Corellia <laughs> cop and you're like a local socialite. I can't quit my job to go with you to dumb art museums. You're going to go around to like art installations and openings of various museums and things like that and have huge socialite parties. And I, meanwhile, am a piece of shit and mm -hmm. a cop. And I can't stop being that. So clearly this will never work. No, clearly no one, no person, no millionaire playboy has ever only had a cop as a friend. That's never happened in any media. Uh, <laughs> they have to at least be friends with a 12-year-old acrobat as well, or it won't work. Never work. <laughs> and a Lucius Fox. One Lucius Fox, please. <laughs> What does a Lucius Fox say? Sorry, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> you amazing. Okay, uh, so, but yeah, he's right. Corn or, or uh, Wedge has developed a crush on Quizux. And he's like, all right, so maybe I have, huh? What are you going to do about it? And he's like, I'm not going to do shit about it. No. You're a grown-ass man. <laughs> which is which is some horse shit in and of itself for him to be like, no, I have no opinion and we'll do nothing. You're a big boy and can handle yourself. And Wedge doesn't re respond with, well, then what the fuck are you on my ass about? Which is what I would be like. <laughs> he's like, oh, I mean, mostly it's just that I'm pissed off about, you know, 
Death Empire stars. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for all the people in the New Republic, you'd think Wedge would have a bigger chip on his shoulder about the Empire than than Corrin does, because Corrin was late to the party. Like, he even points out in the conversation, like, weren't you responsible for killing at least two of her stupid things? <laughs> yeah. I was like, is this... Is this why you don't feel as bad because she made them, but you blew them up, so you're okay with it? I really wanted Wedge to be like, yeah, I also blew up two of the world devastators, you piece of shit. <laughs> Read a newspaper, fuck Yeah, and face. I also blew her back out. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but yeah, it's weird because you think, you know, uh, Corrin spends all of his time being like righteously angry about this. But, you know, Luke's here, too, and Luke blew up one. And he doesn't seem to have a problem with it. Just get over it. Just, no. Here's he's, a blue scientist. It's fine. We have her now. She's part of Operation Paperclip. No, he is and will continue into the next chapter to be angry about anyone even remotely associated with the Empire. Yeah, because this whole series of chapters is just people come to visit. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Look so he, who's coming and, to yeah. And every time they come to visit, Luke assigns uh, poor Kier and Halcyon to go find them a place to sleep. Although at least Wedge and Kui aren't staying. They're just here to drop off. Yeah, they're like, on. we're going to hang out, have some food, take a nap, and then we're going to fuck off. Yes. Literally. So he gets to meet... <laughs> He gets to meet Kui, he gets to check in with Wedge, he's disappointed that there's no new news, and then they're gone. And now Kip. it's mostly about Kip and how Kip is the wunderkind. Yeah, so Kip is the best Jedi in a generation. He has natural raw talent. He's basically a Shonen Jump protagonist. Oh yeah, he shows up and is like, oh, everyone here was like, damn, that Gantoris though. And he's like, yeah, I showed up at Gantoris level, and that was me without any knowledge. And then I blow past everyone yeah this is that second season of death note shit where you're like <laughs> you're really impressed about l and you're like god damn this l guy got his shit figured out oh no he lost what a crazy battle of wits oh there's just two more l's and they're better than l why did they send them in the first place <laughs> <laughs> i don't even remember their names they suck so much uh i don't know the the chocolate one and the other one yeah chocolate and l2 <laughs> uh so anyways uh yeah, Kip Duran blows everyone else out of the water. Within a week, he's already doing everything no one else in the group can do. He's really foreshadowing when he blows up a whole bunch of people later on, when he <laughs> blows everyone else out of the water. For the moment, he is nice and pleasant and gets along well with a lot of people. Corn uh, makes, well, makes an effort to be friends with him. The thing is, he is like... I ain't here to make friends. No. It's like I a mean, reality show. Kip is basically like, I've spent my entire life in a fucking mine, barely being friends with anyone he gets along with dorsk but he's like i don't i don't really want to talk about my past i don't want to try and fuck around and of course fucking corin being a goddamn cop is like so let me interrogate you about your life and he's like fuck you and get fucked yeah he, he all it comes down to is he tries to get close to him and kip's like nah man i'm friends with this dorsk character and this is dorsk 81 and i gotta tell you the one who makes it to the eugen von crisis is dorsk 82 this is this isn't going to go well for him. <laughs> <laughs> this Dorsk is not going places. <laughs> no, th we're gonna, we can close this Dorsk. <laughs> that Dorsk won't fly. <laughs> Monsignor. <laughs> <sighs> He's a Dorsk of a different color. <laughs> Yellow, as it turns out. Uh, yeah, that's the color of his energy. <laughs> so... Anyway, he pals around with Dorsk 81. I mean, we don't know it because it, it's from another one of these books, but the reason he's doing that is because Dorsk is kind of weaker than everybody else around here and easily controlled. It's in, it's uh, it's instinctive at the moment that uh, Kip Duran is pairing up with easily controlled people, but it'll it'll be a thing. But we also, I mean, we get that kind of confirmation when uh, Korn's like, yeah, they went out and I was able to, even from way the far fuck out, because uh, I've been practicing on extending my control range. Yeah, he has this thing he calls his sphere of responsibility, which is his way of viewing force. The cop way, you know, where you have to exert an area of control around yourself at all times and shoot any dogs you come across. Uh, yeah. That's his force power. Oh, I have a perimeter that I set up. <laughs> yes. Uh, but he's like, oh, I've been working on increasing my ability to sense things, and that came from his uh, lightsaber training. Mm -hmm. But he was able to be uh, like, oh, I can put an image in Dorsk's head that it's time to eat and basically summon him back. Yes, from like half a kilometer out. But he was like, oh, and I can't do shit to kick. I can't even touch his brain. He is so closed off, I can't get anywhere near him. Yeah. That, but, you know, at this point, that could just be because Kip is an incredibly strong 
nascent Jedi. Well, incredibly strong and has a traumatic background, so yes. being closed off and powerful. And the other thing we learn from the next these two chapters is that Luke is just immediately enamored of Kip because he thinks they have similar backstories where he's like, oh, I also grew up on an absolute shit fuck of a planet. He's like, oh, did you? Did you grow up? Uh, never seeing light and mining in a murder prison? Is that what you did, Luke? Well, I kind of grew up never seeing not light and did live in a murder prison because I was surrounded by Tuscans. Eh. But, you know, it's different. Tuscans things, never did anything to them. Uh, also, nothing... Po I mean, I probably might have lived in a murderous place, except that there was, like, this old Jedi bastard that more or less kept us safe for the for my entire life. Look, this dude was able to go down and shoot the shit at Tashi Station. They are not the same. I know. <laughs> but Luke thinks they are. So that so he's he's immediately obsessed with this guy and goes so far as to have Cam start teaching the other ten students while he focuses on Kip. Yeah. Instant pet project. Oh yeah. And Cam is even like, so uh Kieran, you uh pissed off about the fact that, you know, Master Skywalker has decided that Kip is his new favorite now, and he's like no, not really. I mean, no, because I don't want to. His whole thing is, he's like, look, I'm not the type to get jealous. I don't want to be the best, but I do want to make sure that the best knows I'm right behind them. He's like, I'm competitive, but I want to do my best. I'm not specifically trying to beat him. Yeah. And Cam's just rolling his eyes at him like, yeah, cop shit. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, this is when they do their their training with the lightsaber, because we're, we're doing, Horn is now doing his floaty Orb drone shit. drone laser stuff where he gets okay at it but not great but eventually realizes his fear of responsibility exists and manages to stretch it out to 16 meters in every direction or up to 250 meters if he focuses in a single direction yeah because when they first start doing it he's like oh i couldn't even tell there was a statue four meters away from me yeah like i'm just sort of bumbling around with a very short level of uh like force sense i appreciate this aspect of the horn stuff where they're like look this guy can't do telekinesis but he can do mind implantation from really far away and he is really good at sensing incoming shit and blocking it so he at least has some value as a force user yeah but i mean i also enjoy the process of him going through like yeah i i could only sense out a few meters from me and then i keep improving that yeah. little by little you know, instead of just being kept around and showing up and being like, what up, fuckers? I'm great. I can do anything. Woo. This won't head badly. <laughs> no consequences. This will never come back to bite me. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, we as we jump to the next chapter, uh, once again, a ship is touching down right here on uh, on the old Masasi Temple. This time, instead of being a, an unmentioned freighter ship of some kind, it is no less than the uh, than a Z ninety five headhunter. Yes, and the old headhunter. And who's in that Z ninety five? Why, it's a beautiful woman in a form fitting space jumpsuit with flame red hair. Oh shit, it's Admiral Dalla. Oh no, <laughs> no, it's it's flame red hair and green eyes. Oh shit, it's Admiral Dalla. No, I'm kidding. It's Mara Jade. It's it's Mar. It's Mara. It's Mara Jade. It's it's young Mara Jade. We haven't seen young Mara Jade yet as, on this show. No, we've only seen her really old and really sick, <laughs> real nasty. Yeah, when we see Mara Jade normally. So here she is, young, vibrant, and uh, just recently freed of her emperor's hand controls. Uh, having spent a few years as an independent operating agent, still radiating with the energy that she was trained by Palpatine. And Horn's immediately immediate pickup is, I think she doesn't even like Jedi. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I think she's kind of weird. Thing is, she's in like a bunch of data files and stuff. So he knows exactly who this is. And he's like, oh, the Emperor's hand. Yeah, I can't wait to meet you. I'm the I'm the one with the biggest chip on my shoulder about the Empire of anyone on this fucking planet. Yeah. And of course, Luke is like, all right, well. Uh, why don't you go show Mara Jade some place to stay? And he's like, I would love to. <laughs> I can't wait. That sounds like the greatest idea. So the two of them are walking along, and yeah, Luke Luke's excited because obviously he's got to be able to crush on Mara Jade. Uh, but he'll he'll meet up with her later. She is here. Uh, you know, the whole thing is that Horn's like, what the hell is she doing here? This doesn't make any sense. And then she reaches into her backpack and pulls out Jedi robes, and she's like, yeah, all right, I'll start class now. I'm I'm here to be a student. Uh, uh, fine, I'll be a Jedi. And Horn's like, I don't buy it. Nah. <laughs> uh, yes, how can I help you? <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> uh. 
Droon um. Uh. <laughs> uh, so he walks her to the big temple, uh, talking to her all the way and being like, yeah, most of the people stay up at the top floor. And that's when he when he says that to her, that's when he realizes just how powerful in the force she is, because she probes his mind immediately and is like, and you don't, though. Where do you stay? <laughs> He's like, oh, I stay down here. I stay in an old pilot compartment because I have a, a thing about that kind of stuff. She's and like, she- oh. I'll stay down here then. then. Then I'll stay down here. And he's like, ooh. Mm, oh, mm, I'm going to fight you. Don't like that. <laughs> and that's the point where she stops and whirls on him and is like, okay, you clearly have a problem with me. Do you want to hash it out or do you want to snipe at each other for the duration we gonna, of my stay? We're going to have just everything out in the open right now. You know, or are we going to be kind of bitchy at each other? How are we doing this? I don't really want to spend. I don't want to want an enemy at this. I'm here to learn. So uh, let's solve it. And he's like, I would love to solve it. And in his mind, he's like already working up this whole list of things like, that the and emperor now did. The list of empire <laughs> shit. Though my 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 uh, page of grievances, madam. Ah, <laughs> oh, Festivus has come early. <laughs> But even as he's ready to unload in her and everything Palpatine ever did, he's like, ah, that's not helpful. That's like the opposite of helpful in this situation. I do like that he does stop himself and goes, actually, you know what? I'm being a piece of shit and I'm sorry. Yeah, he literally (laughs) centers himself and apologizes like, whoa, I don't want to do that. I I have a big chip on my shoulder about the Empire, but you aren't the Empire. uh, And Luke trusts you, so I'm going to trust you. How about we just go from there? Yeah. And she's like, great. Now, who are you actually? <laughs> right. And he's like, I'm Corin Horn. Because here's the thing. She immediately sensed that that wasn't his name the moment that Luke said it. But she also sensed that Luke full on believes it's his name. Yeah. Like over the past like, couple I, of weeks. I knew that wasn't your name, but I also didn't get any indication that Luke was lying because Luke has basically forgotten Corin Horn exists. Yes. Luke's so good at this stuff that he's full-on method forced himself into thinking that Kieran Halcyon is a guy, or is still a guy. Uh, <laughs> so he's like, I'm Corin Horn. And the other problem with this whole thing is that she's seen him before. She, she's familiar with Rogue Squadron. She's familiar with his career. She knows who he is. She's very familiar with everything. She's an information gatherer. Yeah, and so and she's, she's like, worked, oh, fuck, yeah, all right. I mean, a big part of that is that for years, we didn't cover this. This is from the old Thrawn novels. Uh she worked with Talon Card, who was pretty much the first or second biggest smuggler in the galaxy, or like crime lord in the galaxy after Jabba goes away. Yeah. And the third biggest is Booster Tarek. Yeah. So for, to her, this guy is married to the daughter of a friendly rival of hers from, from way back. So she definitely knows who he is. Oh, yeah. Knows and is like, oh. Why do I know you? Okay. You're you're fucking cornhorn. Yeah, I get it. So is Mirax dead or what? Yeah, <laughs> look how blunt she is. This is this is Mara Jade still in asshole mode from way back. So she's just like, oh, you, you're married to Mirax. No one's seen her in weeks. What do you know? <laughs> so she dead or what? And he's like, uh, we don't know. He's like, so what? Kidnapped then? Tell me something. Come on, buddy. Give me information. He's like, because her whole thing is like, oh, he, she's been missing for at least six weeks, and you've been here for at least. Five weeks. What is going on? Is she dead and you're throwing yourself into this for revenge? Or are you just trying to get powerful enough to find her? And he's like, God damn, woman. (laughs) What the fuck? And, you know, eventually he spills the whole beans to her because she's very good at sussing information. That's Mara Jade's whole deal. Oh, yeah. She's real good at sus. Yeah. (laughs) And she's therefore sus. (laughs) Which is what sus implies. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And, um... Eventually, I, I felt this was a little ham-fisted personally, but there's a point where he still... Where after, he punches someone with pork. Yeah, he, he wraps his hand in fist in, in, in pork and punches someone. No, where he's like, all right, well, I stay in this room where the boy pilot slept, but here's a room where a female rebel pilot used to sleep. She died before the Death Star. You can have this. It'll be the little girl's room. <laughs> there's probably some... St- Star tampons in here. <laughs> yeah, you'd think that after that scene where where uh, he was describing how he used to be in love and he was like, it was like a supernova towards a black hole. And you're like, stop with the space metaphors, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> you could just say it was a big infatuation. You don't got to Star Wars it up for me. No, oh, I do. <laughs> she blasted my dick to the outer rim. <laughs> Never did find it. <laughs> These the uh, evil inquisitors are still searching for it with their helicopter blades. I only pray that I find it first, <laughs> and then I can get the invincible hand job of Vader. <laughs> I've got that Sun Crusher condom. <laughs> <sighs> but yes, there puts her in a little girl's room, <laughs> and he is just kind of like, "All right, well, 
That's weird. She is very good at being able to get information out of people. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, he he knew what she was. Like, the Emperor's Hand wasn't just a fun title. <laughs> wasn't just good times and cupcakes. <laughs> she was his top assassin and information gatherer. That she's she's very powerful. Now, the one thing we did skip that we uh, definitely need to come back to is some Kip shit. I thought that happened after he met Mara Jade, but that's No, Mara Jade is the end of the chapters. Well, yeah, in that case, let's cover it now, because what happens is uh, Tion assembles all the Jedi together to sing them a song. She's written her latest ballad, and she wants everyone to hear it. Now, Corrin has to make sure that she promises it's not a ballad of his ancestors. Yeah, she's like, don't make this a halcyon ballad. I want to actually enjoy it. She's like, no, don't worry. And this chapter has a whole theme to it of him saying, uh, talking about feeling and noticing that things are alive. Uh, So he's just like, oh, I I, I can tell I'm alive whenever I've got force powers happening or whenever I hear Tion sing and I'm looking at her live ass body, I can tell I'm alive. Let me tell you, am I right, elbow, elbow? Uh, When I'm listening to the holocron talk about you know, Jedi internecine politics, I am dead. That's right. There's a whole thing where it's like he's getting a long description of Jedi politics from the Old Republic, and he's like, the stupid holocron isn't very good at fleshing out backstories, so I don't care about yeah, anybody. it's just making, it's like, and then this person was talking to this person. You're like, I don't know who any of these people are. Meanwhile, Darth Malgus introduced a new trade dispute, and he's, he's just bored. But he does perk up a little bit of the story about the early days of Yoda. Yeah. How Yoda became a Jedi. I'm like, why? You never met fucking Yoda. Yeah, Yoda's famous. <laughs> Yoda shouldn't be famous. If anything, the most he should he he should know more about Yoda than most people because Luke's his teacher. Yeah. So Luke's probably occasionally being like, "This is something Master Yoda taught me." Yeah. But that's not enough. He never met the little green flippy bastard. No. <laughs> Quit acting like he has. Yeah, but you know, Yoda's still a famous figure. Whereas if they were just like, and then Senator Fungibod went and decided that trade agreements with Flipadap was no longer going, and you're like, yeah, that's bullshit. But if you're like, so there was a tiny little green man, and he figured out he could throw people with his mind, and you're like, cool, <laughs> okay, sweet, fine. If you sell it to me that way, I'm buying. <laughs> his name was Baby Yoda. <laughs> Then he would grow up to be regular Yoda. <laughs> and a new baby Yoda would emerge. <laughs> and then he was dead Yoda. Aww. <laughs> okay, so uh, they he goes to attend the ballad, and it's not about uh, his ancestors. It's about Nomi Sunstrider. Yep. Uh, a, a powerful Jedi whose whole story was that her husband was a powerful Jedi who got murdered by evil Sith, and... In an attempt to avenge his death, or at least find some justice for it, she attended a Jedi temple and became a powerful Jedi in her own right. Um, and, which is a weird story. Because it's, it sounds like it's real lucky on her part. Well, yeah. She's I'm, like, I think I'll go be a Jedi then. And they, you, she'd walk in and they'd be like, your midichlorians are too low, get out. Well, I mean, the weird thing is that she wouldn't have already been in training if she was going to be powerful enough to do that. Yeah. Like, you'd think, like, oh, I married this guy, and then... He went and was a Jedi, and they never went, hey, you're real powerful, you know? I have to assume she just married really young. That's the only thing. She got married at 18, her husband died at 19, and then she was like, maybe I'm a Jedi. I should check. And some some dude 4,000 years ago was like, whoa, yes. Nice. (laughs) And of course, she's Nomi Sunstrider, famous sexy Jedi, which means that already uh, Corrin is intimately familiar with her from his holocron times. (laughs) Uh, but this is, of course, a story about uh, this planet and Exar Kun and them, mm-hmm. like, and the stum- Sun Strider coming in with a bunch of Jedi and fucking shit up. Mm-hmm. And at this, Kip stands up and is like, this is bullshit. Exar Kun's rad. <laughs> Exar Kun was trying to do cool things for Jedi. He was he trying was- to do sweet kickflips. He was finding new sources of power that we could all use to be more powerful. And everyone's like, the fuck just happened? Because it's like, Exar Kun is a guy who you don't even hear about unless you happen to have that holocron, which Kip Duran has not. Oh, yeah. They're like, okay, one, I, Cornhorn, have w- been tasked with finding out about this planet, so I have been digging into that holocron about Exar Kun, about this planet, about everything, and when I'm not, fucking Tion has it, and then if not that, we're getting shitty like lessons from it like we were listening to or barring that it's locked in fucking luke's room so there has been literally zero time you've been here a week yeah where kip has been able to be like 
oh, I'll go look through that thing. And there is no way that it would have given him that information in that way, because it's very pro-Exarcoon, and the Holocron is not giving out the like, and then the Jedi showed up to stop the great and noble Exarcoon. The thing that bothers me here is uh, that we do know a little bit about Kipteron. Like, it, 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 diegetically in the story, uh, we mentioned earlier that uh, that Cornhorn views Luke and, and uh, Kip as being fairly similar because of their upbringings. Both of them came from terrible planets. Both of them were already trained a little bit by crazy old Jedi. Obi-Wan Kenobi for Luke and Vima Deboda for for uh, old Kip Duran, a crazy l- lunatic Jedi trapped in this ancient cave until one day she freed herself and went God knows where. And and when uh, he presents a new source of information, he's like, I've heard of Exar Kun. Uh, his first thought is, is just this kid stealing shit and definitely evil and not, what the fuck did Vima Deboda know? Which is where I would have come from right away. No, 100%. If someone stood up and was like, actually, Exar Kun's sweet and rad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I had studied this planet and I had briefly considered the thought that the ghost of Exar Kun was still around. Yeah. I would have gone. Hey, Luke, this guy's evil. No, I mean, <laughs> this I mean, guy's corrupt. You're right. Absolutely right. What I'm saying, it's funny because when, when they, he tries to call him out, he's like, how the fuck do you know any of that, Kip? And Kip goes, mm, holocron. Mm, mm. And it's like, no, that doesn't, that's not a good enough excuse. You should have gone with Vima Deboda. You should have been like, yeah, my weird old master Vima Deboda had some crazy opinions. Anyway, I'm going to go to my room. Bye, everybody. <laughs> but nope. And Luke just doesn't even give a shit. Well, no, Luke is troubled, but he doesn't want to make it a big deal in front of a class. He doesn't want another Gantoris situation. So he's just like, oh, we'll handle that uh, later. And now I'm remembering that the whole thing with this was like, uh, Kip says something inherently very, very suspicious. He's got a strong pro-Exar Kuhn opinion, which is like, (laughs) that's not normal. No, you don't want that bumper sticker on your car. (laughs) Uh That'd be like being, four, uh, you know, 4,000 years from now, being strongly pro-Hitler. <laughs> You're like, oh, nope. How did you even hear of that guy? And where did you... You definitely heard wrong, so... <laughs> Something is fucked up about how you heard about this. <laughs> so so even as he's trying to get Luke's attention, Cornhorn's like, dude, can we... Uh, that, that's not... No, that's bad. Uh, Luke's like, ah, I sense that someone is landing on the planet, and it's Mar Jade. That's how we, that's how we Kip gets out of it. Yeah, so... That's where the chapters end is with Mara Jade being shown to a room because Luke's like, why don't you show her to a room? Because I got to go talk with Kip, yes. who is very clearly evil right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the whole thing. Luke, Luke did played it in the right here. He didn't. He's not drawing attention to it in front of everybody because he really doesn't want Gantoris 2.0. No. He's going to get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Except it won't be Kip that dies. It'll be, I don't know, maybe the 81st of something. <laughs> Maybe maybe a numbered version that we could easily replace. <laughs> so so sad times ahead, but obviously Cornhorn immediately susses it out because he's in cop mode, but he'll leave before anything good happens. <laughs> so so yeah, that sets up the whole Mara Jade storyline, which yes. ends the chapters. And that ends today's episode. And thus ends the lesson. Mm-hmm. And the book, because we didn't feel like doing the rest of it. <laughs> We're done now. <laughs> Fuck it. You figure it out. <laughs> you read it and tell us what happens. Coming huh? up. How about that? How about that for a change? <laughs> yeah, we'll just sit here and listen to your reviews. That's going to be our episodes going forward. Yeah, just an hour of silence while we listen to someone else's podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I'm listening to mine over speakers. They'll hear it. It just won't be very loud. Ah. So if you want to hear the dollop. <laughs> but sounding the like- year was 1925. <laughs> But it sounds slightly farther away than usual. Then you tune in next week. The year was 1925. I miss the dollop. <laughs> hey, dollop's great. I love it. It's a great show, but I can't. It, I, I, the only time I listen to podcasts is when I'm driving around Sage and she's asleep. And I can't use the dollop because they 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 uh they mess with their own volume Fluctuate too much. Volume. They do, yeah, because uh, what uh, Gareth will be fairly quiet. And then all of a sudden, uh, Anthony or whatever his name is will come in just doing some sort of. 9,000 decibel horse laugh like he put the mic in his esophagus. <laughs> yes. You can hear every cigarette he's ever smoked. And all of them are like, hey, buddy, what's up? Hey, let's just scream for you real quick. Ah. You want to hear our various screams? Ah. And uh, there you go. So 
you know, I like the dollop though. I, I want to make that clear. I'm not. I'm not. Shit, I'm not shitting on the dollop. I think it's a fantastic. <laughs> this show. episode brought to you by the dollop. Yeah, I was put that out there. Uh, check out the dollop sometime. They don't need our advertisements because one thing about that show for sure is that it starts with nine minutes of commercials. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out over at our Patreon. Yeah. Do you hate commercials in your <laughs> podcasts? It's more likely than you think. Oh, whatever. This is an in-house ad. It's not like we're talking about fucking MeUndies or something. Yeah, but what I'm saying is mm-hmm. you don't have to listen to us go on for uh, nine minutes about ads if you go over to Patreon and give us a dollar. Or at all. We don't usually do ads. But yeah, go, go to Patreon, give us two bucks, and you'll unlock our expanded, expounded universe where we go on to wikipedia find fun topics about star wars history and come back and report on what we found to each other and to you many people have said i hate saying that now but many people on the discords and so on have said that it is the best shit we do yeah that that people really like that expanded expounded universe so go check it out uh once again patreon.com slash system mastery at the two dollar level but there are other levels you can support us at that'll help us out a lot yep that'll unlock more content for you so much content so much for you mm-hmm. and it keeps us going and it means we don't have to do nine minutes of ads yeah which i don't even think would help i don't think our listener base is big enough that it would matter because we you know of our listener base we need at least three or four of them to buy a fucking mattress <laughs> no way man we just need them to buy some boner pills or whatever no that's what we'll launch up on that boner pill stuff yeah you Get know out four hymns. Extends or whatever no we'll do uh it's uh like hymns or blue or whatever. Oh, that's right. There is that shit pills, now, isn't there? Generic yeah. ass shit. Yeah. And then you can get a box of awesome and also, I don't know, some food or something that you can prepare in your your own kitchen. That's right. That's that's right. Anthony from that show or whatever his name is. I I, I remember Gareth and that's it. Does have to do ad reads for some really heinous shit sometimes, doesn't he? Oh, sometimes. Look. The podcast that I listen to mm-hmm. also does that, yeah. and I love it. You gotta get that manscaped in there. Yeah. Hey, fellas, like, are you trying to shave your balls? Hey, hey, is, is your dick too hairy? <laughs> Maybe shave it. The only I haven't heard a manscaped ad in forever, except once or twice on fucking Let's or, or uh, Ordinary Sausage on YouTube, which is just this dude with this high-pitched, weird voice who makes sausage out of whatever, and it's so weird to have be like, hey, who needs to shave your balls, I guess? <laughs> uh god yeah so anyway shave your balls i guess and uh until then i've been elan sleaze bagano <laughs> and my balls are so smooth yes i'm sure it's a veritable deforested <laughs> forest down there 